0: Chloe Udaly is the incumbent candidate for city council position four. In her time on city council, she's focused on housing reform, passing legislation that requires landlords to pay relocation fees in the case of no cause evictions or steep rent hikes. She oversees the Office of Community and Civic Life and the Bureau of Transportation. Prior to her time on city council, she was a renter's advocate and bookstore owner and a founder of Portland's Independent Publishing Resource Center. This morning we have Commissioner Chloe Daily joining us. Good morning, Commissioner. Good morning. Do you have a favorite interview that you've done in the campaign season?
1: <laughs> um I I really can't recall offhand. I mean we're in the what, month seven of a shutdown where uh, time and <laughs> days and months are emerging running together and i've done dozens of interviews um no i'm sorry okay
0: this is going to be it commissioner this is going to be your favorite interview
1: this is my favorite interview
0: excellent excellent fantastic no pressure no pressure how how are you doing commissioner
1: i'm doing okay you know um i have been thinking of this uh Experience as being somewhat akin to the seven stages of grief—the shutdown Mm. experience, not the election. Uh, Except we don't know how many stages are, what or what they are. Mm. So you know, I've I've been facing a lot of the same challenges um, that a lot of people are facing. I feel incredibly lucky, however, to have a stable income and a roof over my head, and to be in a position to help my community and i think that is that has um helped me weather this uh really extraordinary well multiple challenges we're going through right now
0: yeah with so many things coming at you as a commissioner and not only COVID 19 and and supporting this community and it's and its experience of that, with also an eye to recovery and what comes after, and then the the murder of George Floyd and racial justice movement that has uh, that has followed. How do you prioritize your day? You get out of bed. <laughs> How do you prior- prioritize what's happening in your day and what you're focused on?
1: Well, I mean, I guess the lucky thing for me and for the community I serve, the city of Portland, is that I have always been focused on people who um, have been historically underrepresented and are the least well-served. And Mm -hmm. those are the people who are struggling and suffering the most right now. So I haven't had to necessarily radically shift my priorities, Mm -hmm. but certainly um, certain things have risen to the top. I mean... Um, we are going to be facing a wave of evictions and foreclosures like we have perhaps, well, definitely never seen in our lifetime if we don't take uh, swift action at every level of government. So that's become a huge priority for me. Um, Closing the digital divide at a time where people who were already isolated before the shutdown are... Almost completely cut off uh, from the outside world. It's really critical that we get them connected so they can um, access supports and services and information and have those vital social connections that a lot of us are struggling to maintain. Um, you know, my demands of my job set uh, determine the course of most of my days. Whether it's mm-hmm. uh, Preparing for weekly council meetings or or overseeing bureaus, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's there's definitely more urgency behind some of the ish, ongoing issues we've been facing.
0: Yeah, one of the things that I that I find uh, interesting or a challenge as being a voter in any election is that you know this is any interview and election is a job interview to some in some Regards, and incumbents um, have an increased challenge because I I think you know you know how to get things done within the context of the role that you're you're applying for that you're running for, and a competitor might come in with a huge vision and like I want to do. You know, I heard your. Competitor on the City Club debate said that he's going to solve homelessness in Portland in four years, and he wasn't challenged on that. And so, <laughs> <laughs> I was yelling at the screen, "Stop! Ask him how he's going to do that." Um, you've yeah. been you've been in the role now. You know you've always brought a big vision for what Portland can be um, through your campaign and and through the way you talk. Um, during your uh, time in office. What have you learned about how to get things done within the context of the city council and within the city of Portland?
1: Well, I think one of the biggest things that I've learned is how much time every process takes Mm -hmm. and how sometimes uh, we are preempted uh, on by passing just common sense uh, legislation by by state law or sometimes even federal law and that the issues that we're facing are really complex and um, there is no single solution or silver bullet. And I find that, um, well, in this moment, especially with all the extraordinary stresses and pressures on people not everyone is terribly interested in learning <laughs> the details and hearing about some of the challenges of moving these policies forward. They just want things to change now. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. I, I came into office with a sense of urgency, especially around housing, and I think a mandate considering um, how I won that election. And I still have that sense of urgency. But I also now know, um, you know, I may have to lobby the legislature to change state law if I want to remove traffic enforcement from the police bureau and put it under PBOT. Um, I may have the best intentions with my uh, tenant protection, but if I'm not working with the most impacted communities, which are typically going to be Black, Indigenous, and people of color... My policies could have unintended negative consequences for those communities, so it's incredibly important to you know take a really deep dive, do uh, broad community engagement and be willing to incorporate that feedback into your policy. I mean that's why I passed relo in the first 30 days I was in office mm. that was a solid, effective, legally defense, defensible policy. We, we got really lucky that we could pull something off that big in 30 days. It took me over two years to pass my next major tenant protection package, which was fair access and renting. And that's because of some of these complexities and challenges that I mentioned and our commitment to doing, doing the work with community and delivering a policy that will actually have Positive outcomes for the most impacted communities. Yeah,
0: y- you all are now embarking on the fall budget monitoring process right now. What are your goals for this budgeting session?
1: Uh, my goals are, uh, you know, similar to what what they always are, but with a little more uh, intense focus on um, keeping people housed. So I'm gonna be advocating for a uh, universal eviction defense to help uh, the you know, hundreds, possibly thousands of people who will be facing eviction next year, as well as rent assistance. Um, I've been very engaged in the conversations around re-envisioning our approach to public safety and policing. Um, and, and investing in community, which is uh, a really critical part of this whole conversation. Uh, so I'll be pursuing um, some items and investments uh, related to, to those conversations um, and continuing to do everything I can to support our small business community. It's been devastating to watch just among my own circle of, of friends, um, how many people have had to permanently close their businesses, how many jobs we've lost, and what that means to the, you know the fabric of our communities. I mean, mm-hmm. our small businesses provide over 50% of the jobs in Portland, and they're also a huge part of what makes Portland so special and such a big draw um to people from around the country and the world. Um so those are you yeah, know, those are just a few of my <laughs> just a few of, of my uh priorities right now.
0: A lot of folks have their eye on policing and police reform and you mentioned that in, in the budget priorities. Lots of uh lots of drama, my word, <laughs> about how the budget was passed with Uh, a a reduction in the last round. What's your priority for, uh, the police budget in this next
1: round? Well, I want to commend my colleagues for the cuts, historic cuts that they made to the police bureau, um, in the 2021 budget. I supported all of the cuts, uh, I don't think we need to rehash the details of that vote.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I still feel good about those cuts. Moving forward, because I do think we eliminated, you know, a lot of the, well, we, we eliminated some problematic uh, specialty units. We cut. Fifteen million more dollars on top of the twelve that um, had already been approved. Uh, now the cuts are getting will have to be more precise, and they'll also have to come along, or they have to be done while we simultaneously create new systems and structures to take on the work that we've left to the police. Mm -hmm. So this isn't, the process we're going through is not taking away position authority and funding from the police and expecting them to do the same amount of work with less resources. It's really a conversation about what do we need armed police officers to do for us in our community Mm -hmm. and what have they been doing uh, what issues have they been responding to um, that would be more appropriately handled by other entities. We have to have those systems in place, though. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, I wouldn't, although I would like to see um, traffic enforcement move out of the police bureau, I wouldn't support cutting that team until we're ready to stand up a new um, model of enforcement. We obviously don't want a lapse uh, of enforcement in the city. We already have um very small enforcement division and we know that there are a lot of um, reckless drivers endangering uh, people's lives on our streets. Um, but there are ways that we can make our streets safer and deal with A lot of the more kind of minor moving violations that we see discourage speeding and red light running without using police officers.
0: Mm -hmm. Got it. Um,
1: Yeah. You've
0: been under an intense amount of pressure in your in your term as a city councilor. How has that changed you?
1: Um yeah, that's an interesting question. I uh I'm pretty much constitutionally incapable of being of not being myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love that. For better, or for worse, you know, the most common uh things I hear, the like feedback I hear is you're a real person. And I just think you know like that's an extraordinary thing to find in politics and i just think wow that is uh, incredibly low bar but thank you <laughs> um i'm the same person in every room yeah. uh, that's another one um you know whether you agree with my policies or not um no one can accuse me of being you know dishonest or insincere uh I, um, I mean, it's a stressful job. The, the hardest part for me has just been being in the spotlight and being under what feels like constant scrutiny and sometimes attack. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, you know, I think I've acclimated to it. I, I didn't have an easy life uh, to begin with. And I'm, I'm used to struggle. Um, I'm trying to think of ways it's changed me. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we're both women. I, you probably share my experience of having to be hyper aware of um, how you look and how you act and how you're moving through the world and whether you're safe. And whether you're being judged, I mean, it's 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 just a more intense version mm-hmm. of of that. I'd mm-hmm. say um, maybe maybe I feel like the older I get, uh, the more I just know on a really fundamental level that we are all more alike than different mm-hmm. and that although uh, we don't always agree on on how to achieve our goals and how to strive towards our shared uh, values that I do think that Portland is a progressive city with amazing potential so believe it or not I think I am actually less cynical about <laughs> the future, really, than I was before I was elected. There, I found something. Wow, yeah. we get to, we
0: get to talk about that because I think you know the from afar, from a you know a, a voter perspective, there's there's sometimes, well, of course, there's multiple flavors of candidates, but there's those who might be advocating for more incremental change there are those who um are making bolder bolder moves i would put you in the bolder move category which puts you puts you out there for more criticism and yeah. um and so watching you do that with the with the amount of um feedback oftentimes negative at least in the media has has been painful cuz it as someone who cares about this community and about civic engagement, like it doesn't make me want to be a politician. I'm actually like, heck no! I would. Why would I put myself through that? So to hear you say, you know, it's not changed me. I've been, you know, a, a fighter. I've been advocating for a long time, and yet I'm less cynical about creating change is is groundbreaking to me. What <laughs> has made you less less cynical?
1: Well. I mean, I call election night November 2016 the best and worst night of my life. (laughs) I had no idea what I was getting myself into just running for city council. Mm -hmm. This was not what I intended to do with my life. I was really happy as a bookseller and a publisher. And um, as my rent went up and up and up, i I really began to struggle to survive and keep a roof over my family's head mm-hmm. and I saw so many other Portlanders going through the same struggle and oftentimes um, much worse off than I was and it it really felt like a calling for my community mm. um, I there's lots of other things I'm want to do with my life, or I could do, and so I really, there, I really have never, nothing I've done has been with an eye to whether or not it will help or hurt my re-election. I just mm-hmm. haven't allowed myself, well, it just doesn't naturally occur to me. I do things because I think they're the right things to do. I do Mm -hmm. things because I hear demands from my community um, or calls for help. I don't do them because I think they're going to earn me brownie points. And I don't not do them because I'm afraid of how it will impact my career. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the cynicism, I mean... My life is easier in some ways than it used to be. It's certainly easier to have a stable paycheck um, and to not worry a single minute about whether or not I'll be able to pay my rent. Mm. So that has lifted an extraordinary burden off of me. Um, Two, I I know the inner workings of city hall now, and to um, some degree, the legislature and our, you know, our federal government. And um, I look at each challenge, you know, knowing that I probably can't get to my ultimate destination in one move, but each move I make... If I'm moving forward, I'm moving in the direction of good, which is how I usually describe it, that's that's a small victory. Hmm. I'm not someone who's terribly satisfied with incremental change. I mean, look at the mess that we're in <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um, if anyone had any doubts about how poorly this country was doing, I think COVID has really uh, lifted the veil and all of our systemic failures are on full display and I think more people than ever realize we can't continue down this path. We can't have half of our um, community members living at or near the poverty level. We can't have thousands of people experiencing homelessness. Uh, We can't have people without access to affordable quality health care um, and we have a few years to radically change the way that we live and do business to avert climate catastrophe. Um, the list goes on and on. so uh, yeah, I think just ha- having having the resources, having, so much of my time and energy freed up from the daily grind of being low income and uh, being a renter in the middle of a historic uh, um, rent crisis. I'm still a renter, uh, but uh, and then having tools and resources to do good work and help people is just. It has made me a much more a much more hopeful person. I love
0: that. I love that. One final question. I do too, because if it. <laughs> If I didn't
1: feel that way, <laughs> I wouldn't be in very good shape right now.
0: Yeah, no, um, that would be hard. <laughs> yeah. There is one more question. There is a scenario where you could be the most tenured person on city council at this election, at, through this election, after this election. Are you ready for that?
1: Yeah, I mean, regardless of the outcome of the mural race, I will be the senior um mm-hmm. Commissioner, which is funny to think because I've always been the youngest commissioner, but I've got a fellow Gen Xer finally joining <laughs> city council, uh, <laughs> Commissioner elect Rubio, so uh, that'll be fun. Yeah, um, yeah I, uh, you know, there's a steep learning curve. There was not much of an onboarding process. You really face a sink or swim situation when you take that seat. I have an amazing team. I mean, that's something that I haven't uh, touched on in in this interview, but always try to emphasize. Um, I've been able to do what I've done because of my incredible team at City Hall and because of all the amazing community advocates and activists uh, who support and contribute to our work. Um, so, I I will say, um, Commissioner Fritz is definitely the expert on parliamentary procedure <laughs> or Robert's rules, which is what we how we conduct City Council. So I'm gonna miss uh, her <laughs> patient guidance as the rest of us fumble around sometimes with procedure. And also the institutional knowledge and just the history that she has on so many of the issues that that come to city council especially around planning and some of the uh, land use cases that that we hear um, I'm I am going I am definitely going to miss that and, and similarly you know I really miss our colleague Commissioner Fish, who I like to call the middle child of City Council, um,
0: peacemaker, just, huh? The peacemaker.
1: Yeah, the the mediator yeah. um, of council, really always um, able to pull back from some of the more kind of intense conversations or disagreements we've gotten into and help us uh, find a path forward together. So, you know, I'm, I've learned lessons from all of my colleagues and uh, I'm sure that, you know, every new person that comes on the dynamics slightly change and I'm I'm confident that we'll all find our, find our places and I'm really excited. Uh, next year, we are going to have the most diverse and the most progressive city council that we've ever had. Uh, I'm thrilled to, to be sitting as, uh, alongside these colleagues and um, really excited about the work that, that we're going to be able to do together.
0: Oh, thank you for that. Commissioner Udaly, thank you so much for spending time with us this morning. Thanks. This was really fun. Nice way to
1: start my day. Oh, good. I'm so glad to hear that. If uh, anyone's interested in finding out more, my website is VoteChloe.com.
0: Excellent.